You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. plus years and the independent pharmacy owner in the community specialty long-term care sector of our healthcare industry are so important. You really feel pushed right now, pushed by the PBMs. There are pharmacies that have closed. This network takes a look at things that come out that could benefit the private pharmacy owner and provide you with additional benefits to your patients and to you. And there's a product called the Pen Needle UltiGuard Safe Pack. We heard about this product. We researched it. They have become a sponsor. We very much appreciate them. And you can do right with your patients while still making a higher profit on these products. The Pen Needle UltiGuard Safe Pack provides 100 premium pen needles in a sharps container all in one. With the Pen Needle UltiGuard Safe Pack, you're doing more for your patients and more for your pharmacy. You'll see consistently higher revenue and higher margins through this product. Take a look. UltiGuardSafePack.com forward slash podcast. Go to UltiGuardSafePack.com forward slash podcast. Research it and let us know what you think. And thank you so much for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. You know, with the growing role of our pharmacist, the changing role of our pharmacist, which is exciting. Exciting for someone who isn't a pharmacist to seeing this happen. Pharmacogenomics, specialty pharmacy, consultant pharmacy, pharmacists that are going right into a primary care uh, physician's office on a rotating basis, seeing specific patients, knowing that the most chronic of those patients are in need of medication review. What about content development? What about informatics and technology, artificial intelligence and the pharmacist? This is something that's going to continue to grow. The reason why I'm excited about today's interview is because this should give you hope. This interview is about exactly that. We've gone through a horrendous year. 2020 was horrible. But out of that, there was this bright light, which was the pharmacist and the pharmacist role and the public knowing that the pharmacist had a huge role to play in this pandemic. My name is Todd Yuri. I'm the founder of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, and I have an interesting unicorn-like interview today with two outstanding pharmacists and pharmacy future leaders that we're going to be talking with as we come back to the Pharmacy Podcast Nation. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast, Brooke and Ashley Barlow. How are you guys today? Doing great, Todd. Thank you so much for having us. 
Yes, thanks for having us on the podcast. We're doing great today. So I'm going to just have to say Dr. Barlow, Dr. Barlow, um, <laughs> or Doc 2 Barlow, or Doc Barlow 2, um, yeah. in addressing both of you or singular. But I am so impressed with the the trail that you've already, both of you have already blazed. But before we get into that, which is my favorite part to talk about the advancement of our profession, what you have done so far in your uh, earlier parts of your careers, I want to take way step back because you're twins and this is a, this is an audio blog. So people can't see you right now, but you two, um, you have this charisma about you. It's your smiles. It's your professionalism. It's your authority. It's um, it's something that is, there's an attraction uh, when I hear or listen or watch what you've written and watch what you've done. But I want to start with Brooke and taking, taking us back and growing up as twins. And I know that there was dynamics there, not being a twin myself, but just understanding what made you gravitate towards the health and life sciences and, of course, pharmacy? So, Todd, believe it or not, Ashley and I are a set of identical twins within a group of triplets. So we actually have a third sister, and uh, her name is Danielle, so Ashley, Brooke, and Danielle. Um, and then me and Ashley are identical, but the third one is fraternal. She's also going through school, but not specifically in the healthcare field at the moment. Um, so growing up, Ashley and I surely had, we were best of friends and we still are to this day. And I'm grateful, you know, to have a best friend with me, especially in the same career path, as I feel like we've really been able to grow and develop in our profession and career together. And it kind of, I'm allowed to, you know, pop a lot of my ideas off of her and she can help and promote and advocate for, for that. So it's definitely been a great dynamic growing up as twins and triplets. You always have someone who, you know, again, is your best friend and that you can confide in. So I'm very lucky and I feel blessed. When it comes to how we got into the healthcare profession, we had, so both of my parents are actually nurses. My mom works with pediatrics at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And my dad works for the health department of Philadelphia where he administers vaccines, specifically hepatitis B uh, vaccinations. And he also does education with um, to local schools about STD education for students. So we definitely grew up in the healthcare arena with my parents and also my aunts and uncles. Some of them were also in the healthcare profession, but pharmacy came about in a very unique way. I always say that there's a light at the end of the tunnel when Ashley and I had a passing in our family. We were at a family funeral and we were sitting at a table with um, some relatives that we actually have never met before. So this is my dad's side of the family. And we met a pharmacist. His name was Doc, Dr. Nicholas Leon. And he's a clinical pharmacist and also a pharmacy professor at Jefferson College of Pharmacy. And when he kind of described to us, you know, that day when we actually, you know, it was a very sad day, of course, being at a funeral, but he brought a lot of light into his profession, what he does as both a clinician in the ambulatory care setting, as well as as a professor at the College of Pharmacy. And having that interesting dynamic, you know, when people think of pharmacist, my original thought went to CVS Pharmacy. You know, you're filling prescriptions, those people do so much work and they vaccinate, educate, all those kinds of things for patients. And that's really 
really where my mind went to when he told me he was a pharmacist. But when I learned that what he does is he sits with patients, educates them on smoking cessation, weight loss in the ambulatory care setting, about their medications, their blood pressure control. And then he also has that dual role as a clinical uh, pharmacy professor at the College of Pharmacy where he could teach students and engage with them, help promote their residency career path. I think Ashley and I were both enlightened in the fact that we could have such, there, that pharmacy was more than just community pharmacy. And there's so much that you could get engaged with. We were interested. And of course we both love math and science. So that had to play a role in it as well. But that's just kind of um, a little bit of insight into how we got exposed to the pharmacy profession. So we shouted with him a couple of days and then we both turned um, to become CVS interns. So at CVS pharmacy. And that's really when we were like, yes, we're gonna apply to pharmacy school because I love the patient interaction. I love learning about all the math and science and medicinal chemistry behind it. So that's just a little bit of background about how we got into pharmacy. Ashley, you're listening to your sister talk and it's a story that's near and dear to your heart. But was there a point in the progression of being drawn to the health life sciences and specifically pharmacy that you said, no, I, I want to do something else? Or was it always in, in, inside your mind that you also wanted to become a pharmacist? Yeah, I think our passion for the career really fed off of one another. I, you know, my, having my parents be nurses and everything like that, I kind of thought originally that was going to be my career path, but exactly as Brooke described it, I just fell in love with, you know, this niche area of medicine, pharmacy, pharmacology, knowing everything possible about medications that patients take on a day-to-day -day basis to really help, you know, with their conditions that really, I just loved the opportunities within the career and Brooke and I both throughout pharmacy school, you know, after the first year, of course, is really hard. You have pharmacology, med chemistry, it's all these classes that, you know, you kind of liked, but never really knew you were definitely into since I wasn't too much of a math person. Um, but honestly, we fell in love with it once we got into more clinical information, pathophysiology and opportunities that we also created for ourselves in the career um, really made us, you know, both fall deeply in love with the career of pharmacy. So now, you know, we do some fast forwarding. The both of you participated in many different podcasts, which has been great to listen to, including Transforming the Nation, which is a series that we really are driving how pharmacists are making changes in our society based on their own commitments and beliefs in, uh, in the disintegration of, of racism in, in helping to um, build equality to uh, address issues that are uncomfortable to talk about. Um, we dove into sexual harassment, which was a, a big issue that that um, I'm hoping is coming to an end. Hopefully, in 2021, we hear um, you know less, if not anything, to do with with anything like that. But you both have become leaders in the pharmacy industry. There are young pharmacists, there are established pharmacists who look to both of you in, in what you've done in social media, which is just absolutely outstanding. It's the way that social media is supposed to be leveraged and used. It's, it's not supposed to be, you know, something that's just for uh, fame and in and, and ego building and, and even uh, the stars and in, 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 in sports organizations and sports people that seem to get a bunch of attention, but it's our heroes. Heroes to me are our pharmacists and heroes to me are our healthcare providers, especially right now. So I want to take a, a pause and just 
see when that happened, when did you realize, when did the both of you realize that your reputation and your uh, unique um, setting as being twins within pharmacy and as pharmacists, when did you recognize that there was an absolute brand opportunity to really get attention in order to, to drive um, drive content and drive change and 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 get um, get people to react based on on what you were doing? Todd, I have to say this is my absolute favorite question, and it brings me so much joy to think back to the beginning of our kind of social media journey. So I will say this kind of me and Brooke have always had a strong passion for educating ourselves and other people. So back in pharmacy school, I think our second year of pharmacy school, we actually developed a blog page and we were always, I was a photographer before pharmacy school. So I've always had this kind of creative, um, you know, image like personality where I just love seeing things and learning from experience and, and from seeing. And so me and Brooke created a blog and we would make all these interesting graphics and make all these really great um, memory terms for people who were learning off of our blog. And we know some people from pharmacy school that read it, but it wasn't really about how many people were attracted to the page. It was more about teaching ourselves and then the outcome of people reading it and enjoying it kind of came later on. And so once we kind of expressed our interest and our, our blog advancements to one of our professors in pharmacy school. He was so excited and saw our passion for teaching in a really unique way. And he was actually previously involved on Twitter. His name's um, Robert Pouliez. He's an emergency medicine physician at Thomas, uh, emergency medicine pharmacist, excuse me, at Jefferson College of Pharmacy. And he like saw all this passion and creativity within our eyes and opened our minds to Twitter. So then we joined on Twitter and I'm telling you probably for the first year or a year and a half we had you know less than 100 followers but we were always posting our fun exciting tweets and things that rhymed and so it really took time but i think it was just our passion that kept us going it wasn't really about how much fame or fortune we were getting from the experience um after we started to develop infographics and we got a lot more opportunity that were coming out of our perseverance from always engaging on this website that's when things really skyrocketed for us and about our second year of being involved on twitter um so i think it was just really our our, our passion that kept us going and once you know we started to kind of develop a following it's absolutely addicting and the environment is so positive and encouraging. I really, I love everything Twitter has offered me as a, you know, a young pharmacist in my career. What about you, Brooke? What, what stage or when did you realize that you were becoming this influencer and, and how you could impact others? Um, I would, I don't know if there was like a specific turning point. I think Ashley described it pretty well. That consistency was really key because at first we always try to encourage people who are getting started on social media. That is never about the number of likes or followers, but it's just about consistently, you know, putting yourself out there, putting your clinical pearls and educating others and doing what you love. And all of that will come on the back end. But it was for us, I mean, I was so passionate about sharing the infographics you would make. So originally it was actually about NAPLEX pearls. And as we were studying for the NAPLEX, um, we would help to create these graphics to help us, you know, remember warfarin colored tablets, levothyroxine, all those different kinds of things. And we were like, wow, maybe this can help 
other people who were also studying for the NAPLEX. And then other people who were on Twitter started to do something similar. And we were like, wow, maybe there's something that we've created here that other people can really use and grow off of. And I've seen, I think the growth of utilizing infographics and sharing clinical pearls on social media, as we got started, we didn't see much of it, but watching over the past two or three years, how much it's grown and having pharmacy students reach out to us and have us review their infographics that they created and asking us for different tips and websites that they can use to help create them. I think that to us has, it's only grown my passion so much more that shows us that what we have put out there, that consistency and engagement on this multidisciplinary platform. I also think that that's not commonly seen, right? So we think about Twitter Rx as being solely pharmacists, but I can tell you a lot of, you know, medical residents and medical students also follow through Twitter Rx and they're inspired by, by what we do on there. You know, all the pharmacists that post clinical pearls and post questions about medications, they want to learn too. And that's something that I've really loved about it is the multidisciplinary engagement and interactions that you can get on there only helps to grow and grow our profession and also grows us as practitioners moving in into the workforce and out of residency, it helps us to kind of grow some of those lifelong collaborations and relationships with uh, in other professions. So I think, you know, the turning point has really come this year where we've seen a lot of growth for ourselves, not only within the pharmacy profession, but also within a multidisciplinary engagement. And then also with students and residents who are trying to grow and develop their brand, who reach out to Ashley and I and ask us about how they can do so. So I'm, I'm very fortunate to feel like we are influencing others. And I'm also excited to help allow others, you know, provide them mentorship on how they can help build their brand. So it's very exciting for sure in, in many ways than one. It's one thing to develop content and basically the number one, the number one way to become successful at anything is not to give up, to keep doing it over and over and over again, because you get better as you keep doing it. I, my first podcast was March 2nd, 2009, and it's one of the me the most embarrassing episodes, which you can still listen to on 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 YouTube if you if you look it up. And and now today it's 1,100 some plus episodes that are out there, and it's just something that I've become great at communicating and asking questions and interviewing and finding and diving in and and I have the you know the I have less of an opportunity to dig into the clinical sides of things because I'm not a pharmacist, but I've learned so much. If I talk to lay people, <laughs> I could get away with making people think I was a pharmacist based on <laughs> saying some uh, some great buzzwords that people would be like, oh, you must be a pharmacist. And I'll be like, no, I just don't want to be. But uh, the number one fan. But when I'm when I'm thinking of content development, you have to do it the right way. You have to be able to articulate in a visual, which is different for me. I articulate in, a, in an audio. And when I look at your pharmacist interventions to assist our team, T-E-A-M, this is so well uh, laid out. This is an infographic that you've done and teams, uh, T-E-A-M stands for timing of medication. The E is extended tubing. The A is administration considerations and the M is maximizing um, connections or maximizing concentrations. I'm sorry. So that in and of itself, the way that you organized that infograph and then inside each of the sections, there's visual and then there's the actual information. It's so well done. And I think that is something that you almost, you could learn to do it, but 
it has to come across naturally. So you both have tapped into something where we could use these over and over again to help take, take snippets in complex um, ideas and be able to simplify with visuals. So I really like the way that this is all laid out. Thank you so much. That was actually something that grew out of a manuscript and to help take the manuscript and put it into a, like you said, simplified visual format that someone, maybe they didn't have time to go ahead and read the manuscript, but if they wanted to just look at that graphic and gain some of the key points about how to like preserve, so it was about preserving PPE for the healthcare worker during times of COVID-19 and how us as pharmacists can help optimize medications and, you know, minimizing the nurse from having to go into the room to change pump infusions and administer medications. Um, so that's kind of where that came along. And, and like Ashley said earlier, I think we're a huge like acronyms helping people simplify things and make them memorable. Uh, so that's kind of where that graphic was created. And thank you for you know acknowledging it and taking a look um, and thinking that it's nice and simple. So we hope that it definitely helps you know multiple providers and nurses, pharmacists, etc. Ashley, have you spilled over with the infographics into other social media platforms other than Twitter? Yeah, that's a great question. So I have posted my infographics also on LinkedIn because I know that there are different social media platforms for different audiences. And so I find that LinkedIn is a great way professionally, you know, outside of Twitter to gain um, audience attraction from different individuals, more so that work in industry or even so that people know that this is a huge part of my career. Um, I've also shared them on Facebook because my family members and everyone really enjoy um, viewing our infographics. And a lot of the times, actually, they're very understandable to the layperson. And so especially information that we were developing about COVID-19, um, I found that a lot of my family members and friends who are not pharmacists or in the medical field really enjoyed our infographics to simplify all the information going around. Um, and also we do share them on Instagram more so recently. My Instagram is more personal, but I do enjoy sharing my professional accomplishments and different visuals on there and, and find that people really enjoy, do enjoy seeing them. So Sarah Mohadrad, I think I'm saying her name correct. Forgive me, Sarah. She's actually become a, a Twitter friend of mine, and we've had her on the Pharmacy Podcast. Uh, she's a lecturer and social media consultant, and she also calls herself a puffin enthusiast because of her love of the puffin. <laughs> and I love her uh, tweets with those in there. And so, and she's very anti-online uh, harassment, and she's faced harassment herself. And she has these um, very, very scientific based suggestions of how to use social media to um, to build not only online influence, but doing things to help change other situations, the surrounding kind of like bullying and harassment. And I've really enjoyed, um, you know, tweeting with her and, and, and getting to know her through uh, social media. And when I look at what you've done, even right down to the name that you chose, your your handle for social media is so much fun. The AB of pharmacy, and I'm just like, wow! Like who who came up with that handle? <laughs> oh, so I, I think oh, how did we come up with that? You know, we like to take walks. It's when we would live together. You know, before residency, it was like our thing to do on the weekends, and we would brainstorm about different things. And Ashley, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that came out of one of our brainstorming walks together. <laughs> oh yeah, did I? Re I remember. 
Yep, it was in the middle of the summer. We were walking and we were trying to, we were also trying to find a name for our blog because we had them both running at the same time. And, you know, we were like saying something about family and all this kind of stuff. And then I just think it came out naturally. I can't remember which one of us said it, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like, and I, we really love saying, you know, you know, obviously AB is our initials. Pharmacy is the profession we love, but then ABC kind of highlights the element of learning. Like it's your ABC. So we love teaching people as well. So yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> it's very catchy. <laughs> I picked up all three of those. I picked up the education side. I picked up your initials and then obviously of pharmacy. And I was like, wow, now that was really clever. I absolutely love it. So when I, when I'm as a fan of yours and, and looking at the infographics, the suggestion I have for both of you in Twitter land, and this can also impact LinkedIn, pick a hashtag that if I click on that hashtag, I can index 100% of your creations all at once. So every time you publish a new infograph, if you had hashtag AB of pharmacy, for example, um, that kind of like ties back to your name, then we could we could find every single infographic that you've that you've done all at once. That's a great idea. And I, so there's a couple of websites like GrepMed is one that I'm thinking of who helps to, I guess, kind of put all of your infographics into one area and they're, but they're mainly followed off a of hashtag. So that's a great point. And um, something Ashley and I will surely have to come up with some crafty <laughs> hashtag <laughs> to ensure people can follow along. So are you indexing these infographics on a blog environment as well? Not currently, although we have thought of it. Um, yeah, we're, we're not currently doing that, but it's definitely something we should consider because a lot of people ask to reference them. Like we've gotten comments on some of our recent infographics for individuals to have them sent through email or share within their institution. Um, so I think it'd be a really good idea if someone can't scroll through our whole Twitter feed because we're, we're pretty active on there. So it'd probably take a while to find all of them. Um, but that is really an excellent idea to try to kind of summarize them all in one location. Yep. I would definitely be all over that and tweet it and, and grab them and throw them out there because I think it will be great, especially if you put this, if you put subjects up against an infographic that you know is a, is a mystery or people are looking for more information or guidance to even this, uh, the, the crazy three different vaccines that are coming out. What's the difference? What's the efficacy of one versus the other? And so on and so forth. I think there's so much to do with the combination of, of visual and social media. And you guys are on the, on the forefront of doing it in pharmacy through infographics. I just think it's, it's amazing. What systems are you using to actually create the graphics? That's a great question. We, have used various different platforms, but we currently use, so there's three different ones. There's Vengage, there's PictoChart, and then Canva. You can also, so those are, you get like free, five free visual abstracts or infographics that you can create on all those platforms. Other ones may, may charge if you want to make more than five, but something that's free for other people that are looking to create infographics that maybe don't want to, you know, financially have to put forward for that. Uh, PowerPoint can actually help to create lots of different infographics and you can structure that um, as well as Adobe Illustrator if you have access to that as well. So those are the main platforms that we use depending upon what type of infographic we are looking to make. I really enjoyed the building your professional brand through social media infographic as well that you did. Um, 
did you both collaborate on that or do one of you pick one and the other or are you always working on something together? <laughs> so normally one of us will create, the other one will review. Um, so that is one. However, we both created that together. So I did the top half portion and then Ashley did the second half. Um, but we we always uh, work typically together. Um, but one of us will normally create, the other one will review. And then we normally find a content expert to also review the the, the infographic if we feel like maybe it was something new that we learned that we wanted to put to concept through an infographic and then wanted to double check on it. We have, um, as our Twitter following has grown, we found that utilizing peer reviewers, so pharmacists practic practicing specifically in that area of practice to review them, and that helps us collaborate with someone new, but then also have a second eye on everything that you know we are publishing out there to ensure that it is exactly you know, evidence-based, factual information that we're putting out there. Absolutely. Yep. We were just before we started recording, we were talking about peer reviewing of audio and how the uh, pharmacy podcast network is going to be committed to doing exactly that. So we know exactly what you mean by um, by peer reviewed. And I think it's important to have that because you get buy in and, and I think we create better content if we rely on our peers and um, other professionals in the medical field to double check us so that um, so that what we're putting out is um, is trusted and in this day and age of information always being questionable I like to think that pharmacy in some ways has insulated ourselves with content developers who are true to each other and and um, and can say to each other, I don't uh, fear being judged. I want to be uh, judged in a in a in a critique in a way that is um, that is building the information and ensuring the information is not only useful but correct. And that uh, what we're saying in the cases that the infographic would be medically driven and medically sound, that it's the real deal. Do you, do you have a collection of pharmacists that you're going to for peer review of, of your infographics? Usually it's an opportunity for us to expand our network. So we like to ask different individuals every time. And actually for one of our COVID-19 infographics, we collaborated with a physician who runs a great blog called Palmcrit because um, he had recently posted a blog about the information we were adding to our infographic. And so it's a really amazing opportunity to kind of meet new people and has given us opportunities to then collaborate later on with the same individuals who have reviewed our infographics. That's awesome. That's terrific. Well, we have about 24,000 followers on Twitter and we retweet as much as we can from the AB of pharmacy. <laughs> we love that account. Um, but I think there's more that we can do. I think we should talk about, um, replicating some of your um, your content out there to get it out to more people. And we might even be able to use our own blog space for some features, but I'd, I'd love to help however we can because there's pharmacy students now that we're finally getting the attention of through the Pharmacy Future Leaders podcast, as well as uh, Anthony Vu, who is a student at your alma mater. And um, you know he's an amazing content developer himself. He concentrates on memorization and has an entire um, entire YouTube page dedicated to, to memorization. And he's known as Vunami, uh, if you look at <laughs> Vunami RX. <laughs> but um, I just love this. I, I love your attitude. I love the, the positivity that you're driving. 
in in a in a space that is so crucial to healthcare. And I think what you're doing is you're planting seeds for future pharmacists to say, "Wow, that's something that I'd be interested in doing," and really encouraging them through a, a visual learner to to expand in into their own uh, talents. So, uh, bravo. Thank you so much. And we're, we're definitely grateful for all the mentorship that we've received. So we're, we're blessed to be able to pay it forward. Absolutely. In wrapping up, I'm wondering, what is your next project? Can you give us any inside um, uh, information of what your next infographic will be? <laughs> so I think you planted some seeds there. And I really <laughs> like the vaccine idea about the different COVID-19 vaccines. Um, so I think that that just may be my next project. I'm not sure about you, Ashley, if you have a different thought. Yeah, I agree. And, and also, you know, we've really, uh, every time we've, we also really enjoy writing publications and everything like that. And every time we have the opportunity to do a publication, we try to slide an infographic into the submission art items. And so I think, you know, previous journals that previously didn't accept infographics or just wanted a figure or chart. Um, are starting to really enjoy what we're providing. And so we recently published in Critical Care Nurse and we did a fluids article and added an infographic into our items there. And they ex they received it very well. Um, so I think, you know, that's also another landscape that we're trying to push the envelope on is really getting more journals, you know, besides NEJM and ones that develop the content and infographics themselves to accept submission infographics. That's incredible. Awesome. Well, I do not want this to be the last time that the both of you are on the uh, Pharmacy Podcast Network. I am very proud of what you're doing. I'm proud of the fact that you represent pharmacy at the high level that you do. So do not be strangers and make sure that you guys come back. Thank you. And thank you so much for supporting pharmacists and all that we do. We, we greatly appreciate all your hard work and efforts. Absolutely. Number one fan. At least I, I got to get a bumper sticker that says that. <laughs> Thank you so much again and have a, have a wonderful winter holiday. Absolutely. You too. We were talking with Ashley and Brooke Barlow, Dr. Barlow and Dr. Barlow, and just two amazing individuals. Their contact information for Twitter and their LinkedIn profiles will be in the show notes. Please invest in your network and and connect with them they're just absolute um that they're the the future of what pharmacy is going to be transforming into is is the extra it's not just the, the way that our uh, fathers and grandfathers did it it's it's this next level um it's expecting more from each other it's helping each other and it's assisting and it's it's the world that we now live in and it's very much uh seated and and positioned within a world of social media and pharmacists have to be there. If you have any questions for us, please reach out to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. You can find us at Pharmacy Podcast everywhere, uh, pharmacypodcast.com or on Twitter or Instagram or even LinkedIn. And as always, we thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Pharmacy Podcast.